This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Now, let's get a cup of tea and spend a few minutes together. Here's your host, wife, mother of three, and entrepreneur, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. Today's episode is full of family updates because I feel like in the last week, Jesse, it seems like we've lived three months. It is. It's been a whirlwind of activity. It's been crazy. And I know for pretty much everyone around the globe, life has changed a lot in one week's time. But in our family... It's been more than just COVID-19, which has affected us a lot. And we're going to talk about that some because we're basically quarantined to our house. Not officially, but just our own decision that that's the best thing for our family to do. We want to protect other people. And also our kids are out of school. We work from home. So really easy for us to just kind of transition and self-quarantine. But we've also had some kind of major life things happen in one week's time. And this is going to piggyback off of a recent episode that we did. So two episodes ago, we talked about Catherine going to Suriname. And she had quite the adventure (laughs) in Suriname. And we're going to bring her on at the end of the show and let her share some of that craziness that ensued in just her time in Suriname. But... We also have another huge update, and this is also piggybacking off of the episode from two weeks ago. Remember me talking about us waiting for that call for the infant that we were possibly going to foster, and we worked through all that, and we thought the call was going to come, thought the call was going to come, call didn't come, and we finally just 
had to who just leave our hands open and say, okay, I don't think this is happening. We're just going to live our life. Mm -hmm. Well, it came. (laughs) The call came. In fact, it came the very day that that episode dropped. The call came very unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. So our life has not only been a lot of unknowns related to COVID-19, our kids being out of school, a lot of things being shut down, no church, no church activities, no sports activities, all of that. But also, I've been spending a lot of time over the last eight days at the NICU because this baby was born prematurely and is still in the NICU. So our life has just looked very different than it normally does. And we're going to talk some about that today. But first, let's talk about what's saving our life. Jesse and I decided that we were going to pick one thing as a joint item because it's truly saving both of our lives. Do you want to talk about it, Jesse, or do you want me to talk about it? Well, we, you know, the kids are all home now. and They were supposed to be home this week because it's spring break. They were break. supposed to be home because of spring break. I mean, the, the timing of this couldn't have been better as far as having to shut the school down for a little while. But we needed to make sure that they stayed busy. Otherwise, they'd be rattling around in the house and hitting the walls. And also, I feel like if they don't have some structure, they become whiny and grumpy and bored. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of the same way too, though. If I don't have some structure, I kind of become I whiny and grumpy as we're well. The same so, way. Yeah. yeah. So Jesse and I were talking about this because they were out of school two days before spring break because of COVID-19. And now we knew that there was a good possibility they were going to be out longer than spring break. And yes, they are. They're going to be out for at least one or two weeks, possibly longer than that. So we were looking at a lot of days that they were going to be home. And I was going to be up at the NICU a lot of each day. So we were just sitting there, Jesse and I talking about, okay, we want to have our kids have some structure, but we also don't want it to be this strict, rigid structure because we want them to enjoy their spring break, even though we're not going anywhere for spring break. And we want them to be able to just, I hate to say the word enjoy, but that this season that is so kind of out of whack is not this stressful season for them. We want them to have breathing room and get to do some things that they usually wouldn't get to do. Mm -hmm. So I said, why don't we have them make their own schedules or their own routines for the day? And we'll just set some parameters for them. And this is something that we've done in the past. Um, It's been a little while because usually they have pretty set structure for their day other than a Saturday, which even on Saturdays, there's usually some sports activities or something going on. Mm -hmm. So we just, we sat them down and we said, we want you guys to come up with your own routines for the day. And all we're asking is that you include something active. So going outside or doing something where you're moving your body and getting exercise, something educational. So that could be reading, that could be working ahead on school, that could be some other educational type project and something helpful. So some kind of cleaning or working around the house to be helpful. The other thing we said was no electronics until 1 p.m., which there was a little bit of whining about that. A little bit. (laughs) Maybe a little bit more than a little bit. (laughs) 
But the thing that we found is when you kind of put your kids in charge of their own routine, you give them some parameters, but you say, here, you create your routine. It helps them to be a lot more motivated to follow through with it. And also they can't complain because they created it for themselves. But I think it's also teaching them valuable skills of learning self-discipline, of learning time management, of learning to take personal responsibility and to figure out how they're going to spend their days. So we did that. They both, this was just when um, Caitlin and Silas were home because Catherine was out Mm -hmm. of country and it has gone so well. I think it has just made this spring break and all the unknowns and upheaval and me being at the NICU a lot just go so much smoother. Mm-hmm. And it was funny when Catherine came home, one of the first things that they said to her is, hey, Catherine, you're going to need to make your own routine and no electronics till 1 p.m. <laughs> and I think it's been good because they're all keeping each other accountable mm-hmm. to these things. And they'll be like, what did you do that was active today? What did you do that was educational? I mean, just a few minutes ago, we were upstairs and they were all making sure that everyone had done something that was active. And, and not that it was just a little pittance of an activity. It was it had to be substantial. Yes. It couldn't have been five minutes doing something. It had, it had to have been longer than that. And they were calling each other out if they weren't actually doing something that they all agreed qualified mm-hmm. as a very active thing. And I think that it seems like they're kind of saying it needs to be outside and it needs to be something where you're really working up a sweat and you're getting your heart rate up and everything. So it seems like they're putting their own parameters on it, Yes, but it was fun to see that we had them make the list after when you and I came up with this plan and it was fun to see their own personalities come out in their list. And, you know, Caitlin was so creative and detailed in her list, which she tends to be, and uh, Silas was just bare bones, get just the facts, ma'am, kind of thing. So it was fun. And Caitlin's also was very creatively done with lots very of colors and flair. all her hand lettering and everything. And we noticed we just had to laugh because there was a lot of personal hygiene <laughs> on hers. It was like wash face, moisturize face, wash hair. Take a shower. I, I can't it's even. It's a good remember. thing, but it's beauty a thing. regimen. All this stuff. I was like, okay, girl. I can tell that you are almost thirteen, and but I'm really happy that personal hygiene is really important because, especially right now, it's important <laughs> that we're washing our hands and washing our faces and all of that. The book that I wanted to talk about this week is called "Don't Overthink It." And I finished this two weeks ago. It's by Ann Bogle. I've read her other two books and I have followed her and known her online for a long time. We've actually had two episodes of the podcast with her because I love her so much. And this book is Make Easier Decisions, Stop Second Guessing, and Bring More Joy to Your Life. And Jesse, you saw me reading this and you've made some kind of snarky comments about it, but it's funny because I think the title, I had this book different places before all the quarantine stuff and I was reading it and people would look at the title. Don't overthink it. Oh, that's good. I need to read that book. It's so... Well, the, the irony is, okay, how long did it take to write the book? What do you think the process was to come up with that title? Do you think they overthought it? I don't know. Could have gone around in circles, but... 
it's really great for people if you find yourself second guessing a decision or you are stalled by paralysis analysis. It gives you practical suggestions. There's a lot of encouragement. There are a lot of strategies for you to implement and just to really help you make faster, better decisions that ultimately are going to bring you joy. Two quotes that I especially loved from the book were decisions made out of fear are not good decisions. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really appropriate for where we are in our world right now. And just thinking of, are we making decisions out of fear? And if so, we need to step back, go back to the drawing board and really reconsider, okay, is this a wise decision or is this just a scared decision? And I feel like I got to do this because I'm scared. And then also, I love this quote, when we assume we can't, it's guaranteed that we won't. Yep. When we assume we can't, it's guaranteed that we won't. And I know we'll often say that phrase, can't never did anything. And just thinking about how our perspective changes so much. And if we go into a situation being like, I can't do that. I'm not able to do that. I think of people all the time saying, you know, I can't cut my grocery bill or I can never foster or things like that. Mm -hmm. And And I'm not saying that everyone needs to become a foster parent because absolutely it is a calling as we've talked about in other episodes, but what can you do? That's what I always challenge people when they tell me, well, I can never feed my family on a $70 grocery budget. And my first response is maybe you can't, but if you go into it with that attitude of assuming you can't, you never will be able to. But if you go into a situation saying, what can I do? So when it comes to your grocery budget, what can you do to lower your grocery budget? When it comes to fostering, let's say, what can you do to make a difference? How could you come alongside foster families? Maybe you're not called to be a foster parent, but could you come alongside and be a support to someone? And so just really changing our perspective. When we assume we can't, it's guaranteed that we won't. So stop saying, I can't. And instead say, what can I do? So those were just some thoughts from that book, Don't Overthink It by Ann Bogle. And we will link to that in the show notes. And Jesse, you have a book. Yeah. Finally. I know. Well, I started reading a book this week uh, called Fearless by, I don't know how to pronounce the guy's last name. It's Eric Blame. It's B-L-E-H-M. And it's a book about Adam Brown, who was a Navy SEAL, uh, was on uh, the SEAL Team 6, and was killed 10 years ago this week. I was recommended by several people that I'm in a Facebook group with, and uh, one of the guys that mans at Facebook actually was a teammate with Adam Brown. And uh, it's very apropos, at least at this time, reading it, an amazing story, and just the the things that he had to overcome in his life and struggles that he had and and the testimony that he had in Christ and was able to really be an outspoken Christian, really, in in an area that you would not think that outspoken Christians would thrive. So is it more like a memoir or is it more like a nonfiction read to teach you things? It's more of a memoir. It's his life story. Okay. Gotcha. And that was, so it's fearless mm-hmm. and it's by Eric Blem or blame. We'll link to that in the show notes. 
as I've said before, we love your emails and we love your iTunes reviews and they mean so much to us. And I wanted to read one that came in this past week from Brandy. She said, I've been following you on social media for years. However, I've just started listening to your podcast and I'm completely addicted. I've tried a couple of podcasts and audiobooks in the past and thought it just wasn't for me. However, my drive to work changed this year, so I'm alone for about 30 minutes in the car each way. So I decided to try again. I love your podcast. I think having the different segments really breaks it up and keeps it interesting. I'm getting at least one episode in a day on a good day, two episodes. So I'm really far behind and looking forward to catching up. But I'm also thinking I'll go through withdrawal when I can only listen to you once a week. She goes on to kind of tell a little bit about herself, and then she gives a recommendation of books. One is a local recommendation, but I wanted to share the other recommendation that she had. She said that she hadn't heard me mention it before, and it's not one that I actually have used before to my knowledge. The site is called betterworldbooks.com. They sell new and used books, and the books ship directly from Better World Books, always ship free, no minimum purchase. So that's great to hear. She said her favorite part is that every time you purchase a book, they donate a book and they also have great sales. And she went on to say that she got four of the books mentioned on the podcast for about $15 and they were all in excellent condition. So thank you so much for that encouragement, Brandy, and also for that great tip. And we will be sure to link to betterworldbooks.com in the show notes. And if anyone has ever used it before, let me know because I need to check it out clearly. All right. So we're going to talk about foster care and we're also going to talk about Suriname because two big updates in our life. Mm -hmm. So first off, we gave you some background on the foster care situation. If you missed that episode, you can go back and listen to it. It was two episodes ago and it was when we were talking about fear and COVID-19, which is kind of interesting to think now we recorded that episode pretty far in advance before we knew how things were going to turn out Mm -hmm. and how things have changed so much since then. But the gist of it is that the um, DCS had contacted us and said that there was this preemie that was coming into their custody and they wondered if we would be interested in saying yes to this placement. And it was going to be probably a longer term placement as far as they knew. And it was going to be one that was going to require a little bit more than maybe a typical placement just because it was preemie, medically fragile, the baby was still in the hospital. And once the baby got out of the hospital and was placed in our home, we wouldn't be able to put the child in daycare or something. So they were looking for a family that had a lot of flexibility, that had a willingness to take a really tiny infant and someone who could stay home with a baby all day. So like I talked about in that episode, we prayed about it a lot. We processed through it a lot. We came to a place of really feeling like, yes, we're going to say yes to this. And then we didn't get the call. And for several weeks, it was days and days and days. And for a while, we kind of put our life on hold because we felt like, well, anytime we're going to be getting this call, that's what they've said. And once we get the call, we're going to need to start going up to the hospital and it's going to change our life a lot. Well, then the call didn't come. And we really got to a place of peace about it Mm -hmm. and we were still open, but at a place of peace. And then the call came and we have just fallen in love with this little baby. And it's been an interesting time to spend 
hours and hours at the NICU because of everything that is going on. And there's been a lot of red tape and a lot of different things. And it's changed a lot since when we first. It's amazing. Every day is something different. Yes. And so at first you were able to come up. We had a lot of freedom and flexibility and then they really cracked down on that. And then only I could come up. And so I was able to really go up there and learn about how to care for this baby and really bond with this baby and just get a real good understanding of the medical needs and feel very confident in that. And then this morning we got a phone call saying they made some more changes and it looks like I might not be able to go up to the hospital again until the baby is released. But great news is that the baby got the feeding tube out today, which is a huge, huge hurdle that we've been working towards. And so we're really hopeful that the baby is going to be released from the hospital very soon. We don't know for sure a time frame, but it looks like it's going to be very soon. And then we're going to be plan is to be bringing this baby home and then having our own baby very soon. So it's kind of like we're going to have twins and the kids are so excited about it. And I have learned so much in the last few weeks um, about trusting God, about living by faith, about letting go, about just really resting in the Lord and trusting Him with the future, with everything that is so unknown. And there are a lot of what ifs that I could play out right now, but I'm just trying to seek to live one day at a time and trust God for that day. But I also have to say, I have learned so much spending eight days in the NICU. I think the NICU nurses are amazing. They're like angels just my hats off to them. And they have just gone out of their way as well as the social worker and the medical staff there and DCS to come alongside me and really do everything that they can to make this very successful. So as with foster care, things can change at any moment. But right now it looks like we're going to have two tiny babies in our home and We welcome all the twin tips, although we found that most of the people who are giving us twin tips are not dealing with a situation where it's a baby in foster care that is very medically fragile and then a full term baby. Well, we hope our baby's going to be full term. I'm 34 weeks pregnant. I'm like, baby, you just need to cook in there just a little bit longer. Um, We can't have two babies in the NICU, but just dealing with that because there are a lot of different needs we're learning with a preemie that are um, not the same with a full-term baby. So it will be somewhat different, but at the same time, it will be somewhat like having twins. So we will keep you all posted, but it's going to be an adventure. And if you want to come along for the ride, be sure to follow me on Instagram. I'm the money saving mom on Instagram. And I post daily, except for on Sunday on Instagram stories. And you can see a little peek behind the scenes of our life. And now we are joined in studio by one of our very favorite repeat guests. Favorite children? Favorite children, right? One of our I wasn't gonna go that very <laughs> favorite repeat guests. Our oldest, Catherine, she's fifteen, and she just recently returned from Suriname, which up until maybe six months ago, I had never even heard of Suriname before. But Suriname is a country in South America. Yeah, it's right above Brazil. There's three countries right above Brazil, and it's the middle one. So why did you go to Suriname? 
I went there because it sounded like the coolest trip <laughs> of the choices. Um, one trip was to Europe, and that one sounded cool, but they were not like we weren't able to really do anything. It's more like seeing sights and doing things more interests me. And you said the coolest trip of the options. Can you tell a little more what what were the options? Like what was this for? Okay, so this is for school trips. So every year we have this um, this thing and it's called Week Without Walls. Uh, Week Without Walls, you basically just go outside of the school and you do activities. You go places, you go on trips or some learn about different cultures in the classroom. And some also learn about, like, there was a forensics one. So they would learn about crime scenes and how detectives, how they think in those situations. Another one was about civil rights. And they went on a, that was a little bit further away. I think they went to. They went to Memphis Memphis, and Birmingham. Yeah, Memphis and Birmingham. And then there were three bigger trips. It was. There was one to New York, and then there was one to Scotland, England and Scotland, and then there was one to Suriname, and that was the one I went on. There was also one to D.C. There, oh, yes. There was, is also one for D.C., but that's only eighth graders. So what did you do on this trip? We went many different places. We hiked through the Amazon. We went and we rode on water buffaloes. We went to this place called Biggie Pond. And there we decided to, we stayed at this, like, I I don't know really how to describe it. You know, the the houses that are on poles, basically. It was kind of like, we had little, little hotel rooms, like little two-person hotel rooms. And we had a bunch of those on this, like, house with, Interesting. Like, was it in the water? Was it right? Yeah, yeah it, so was it was right in, in the water. The water. So yeah. you, when you you had, when you looked out your window, there was just water right there. No, all around us. It, we had to. How we got out there was we rode in this little little like canoe, motorized canoe. And one thing that was really cool is they had to they had to get from the salt water part to or they had to get from the freshwater part to the saltwater part. Mm-hmm. And they did this by like hopping over a hill, but they had to hop over the hill with the boats. So they work, worked out this ladder system and did basically... Did it have like a conveyor belt on it? No, uh, kind of, but it's you use manpower to push it up there. So a bunch of us got to help the guys like, push it over the hill. Interesting. Yeah. And then you stayed there for just one night? Oh, we stayed there, yes, one night, I think. And you also got to do some kind of ministry opportunities as well. Yeah, we got to lead a chapel at the school my teacher used to teach at. So we were able to teach. I taught the little pre-K kindergartners, first grade, I think. So you had a teacher that was leading the group that had lived there for a few years. Is that right? Yes. She lived there for four years. So she knew the area really well. And she introduced us to all of her friends. And we got to see a lot of the places that she was there for whenever she lived there. And you also ate some interesting food? 
oh, the food was amazing. You kind of got sick off of it because it was like the same thing over and over. But like the balmy, oh, that was amazing. What was the cuisine like? Because it's a mixture of different cultures there in Suriname. See, I don't really know enough about food to answer that. But we did have uh, roti and... Because I think that there's there's an Indian culture there. There's a Chinese culture there. Yeah. In any other cultures present? It's Indian, Chinese... Dutch. Dutch. Because Dutch is the official language. Yeah. Um, So the food, you were kind of eating from different cultures is that mm-hmm. i would say that's right we we had roti with curry and and then we had the bami and i i think i don't know where bami is from but that was good what is bami i don't even it's know. like noodles with chicken it's a very specific type of noodles so it's like what would you say was your biggest highlight of the trip other than getting stuck which we'll talk about in a minute. Oh, yes. Uh, I would say the biggest highlight was Biggie Pond. That was a lot of fun. We got to go fishing. We just ba- basically beat the water with sticks. And so they would go and run into the, swim into the net, not run, fish don't run. Did you catch anything? Uh, yes, so we what, did. What did you do with the fish that you caught? Just uh, we, we gave it to the locals. So probably one of the biggest parts of the trip was how the trip ended, which was very different. Yeah, a little, bit, gonna end. a little bit different than we expected. You want to talk about that? Yes. Yeah, so we had planned to leave Saturday. And on Friday afternoon, I would say, we went to we went hiking. And on the bus ride back, it was a long bus ride. We, I was asleep for most of it, but somehow conversations started where we were getting concerned that we wouldn't be able to get back at least when we had expected because there was the travel bans going on with Europe and that was really complicated and kind of scary to think about. But so everybody was talking about how they were worried. This would have been Thursday Friday. night, right? Friday. 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 Yeah. And it's interesting because dad and I had done a podcast talking about kind of letting you go and mm-hmm. about there was so much upheaval in the world. And a lot of people said, you know, I can't believe you let your daughter go. But we had done a lot of research and Suriname had zero cases of coronavirus. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it seemed like it wasn't spreading There's, in that part yeah, of South America there at only all. one in, I think it was one close. Was Were there any in South America at that time besides yes, in Brazil? Yes, there were. Well, Just, there's Brazil then in Central America. So. Okay, because... When we went, at that point, there was only one case, and it was in Brazil. Yes, but by the time you were getting to the end of the week, there were some more cases, I think, that were popping up in South America. Yes. And then on Thursday or Friday, Suriname got their first case. There was one case. And because of that one case, then they decided to completely shut down, close their borders. Yeah, so at that point, it was whenever everything was starting to spread i think that at that point the united states has had declared a state of emergency and it had been a pandemic like that was whenever it was declared a pandemic and so the case kind of 
Because it was brought in from outside the yeah. country. It was, it was somebody not, that had flown yeah. into the country is my understanding. Yeah. That's why they shut down all flights coming into the country. I believe that's right. And then they decided to go ahead and shut all flights mm-hmm. going out of the country as well, which was yeah. on Friday, late afternoon, evening, mm-hmm. and you were supposed to leave early Saturday morning. Yeah. So we had already known that the borders were closed to get into Suriname. But we had thought, oh, we could get out because they weren't trying to keep us in. They were just getting other people to stay out, like the people that could have it because Suriname didn't have any cases. But after that one case, they finally completely shut the borders down. And so we didn't know that until later that night. She like called us all in there and she was like, oh, we're not going like, to leave tomorrow we might have to stay here for 30 days. And that was just like really scary. And was that because the closure was for 30 days? Uh, Yes. The borders, they said the borders would be closed for 30 days. So how did that make you feel? Whenever she, she brings you in there and she says, well, the borders are closed. And they said they were closed for 30 days is what they had said. So how you might be stuck there for 30 days. So the first thing, it wasn't really... Going to another country isn't like scary for me at all. I'm I'm used to that. But other the other girls they weren't used to that, so that was a little bit hard for them. But for me personally, the the biggest thing on my mind at that point was like I didn't want to miss the birth at all. And so that was the only thing that really I was thinking about. Because you were you were there. You yeah. had shelter, you had food, you had money. Yeah, I was I was you were good. We were, we were all perfectly fine. I was a little bit homesick, but it wasn't really a big deal. So we get this phone call and some text all of a sudden. That was Friday night, Mm -hmm. I think, saying they're not going to be able to come home in the morning. And we don't know when they're going to be able to come home because the borders are completely closed down. And as parents, honestly... I I don't know whether I should feel badly about this or not, but we weren't too concerned about her. Now we, we do love you, by the way. We love you very much. <laughs> okay, and okay, we, thank and you. We, and you said you were a little homesick. I mean, we missed but, you a little bit, you know, <laughs> but we missed you, and we wanted you home. But at the same time, I mm-hmm. instantly thought, well, this is an adventure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a good story, and and I also felt like. Surely, surely, it, there's no way it could be 30 days. And it just felt like you're safe. You're with good people who are taking good care of you. Mm-hmm. And I already knew that when the school contacted us to let us know, they were already on the ball, working hard to try to make something happen and get you guys out of there. And I think of in a lot of other situations where you could be in a really risky place. If you were there and they were having this huge outbreak, of the virus or something like that, it would have been a very different situation. But I knew that you were safe. There was not an outbreak going on there and everyone was going to work hard to get you guys home, which they did mm-hmm. and pulled a lot of strings, did a lot of behind the scenes things and got government officials involved and really worked tirelessly for two days. And so we got a, was it a text or Either email. text or an email. On Sunday, 
I believe, saying they thought there was a good chance that they were you guys were going to get on a flight. Oh yeah, on Monday, and then yeah, you did, and you made it home. So yeah. it was only two days later than you were expecting. You got to the airport really early. I wasn't really very happy that we had to wake up at three thirty a.m. <laughs> But, you know, I got past that eventually whenever we got home. And you came home and you had all sorts of energy. So I think yeah, I, I think you did miss us. Maybe a little uh, bit. Maybe a little bit. So they said it might be 30 days and we kind of prepped ourselves for that. Although, like you said, <laughs> when you got home, you're like, I knew that if it was actually going to be 30 days, mom and dad would figure out some way to sneak a flight over here and like <laughs> sneak us out of <laughs> sneak us out of Suriname. Yeah. We might have taken some pretty desperate measures if that had been the case, but we're really glad and thankful for all the people who worked so hard to pull all the strings and behind the scenes to get you guys home. And we're very happy to have you home. And we think we're going to have you stay home for a little while. <laughs> I mean, going out of the country was pretty fun, but it's good to be home. And we're I glad like my to own have bed. You, and we're glad to have you home. Thank you. As always, thank you so much for joining us today. And I know this episode went a little bit longer than usual. We try to keep them to 30 minutes, but we had so much that we wanted to update you on. Like we said, it was about three months lived in the last week. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And we love your comments and thoughts. Have you been to Suriname before? We'd love to hear. Have you had a preemie or have you had twins or have you fostered a preemie? Let us know. Your feedback is always welcome and wanted and it's the highlight of our week. Have a great week and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 